Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. What's up? Greetings, Earthling. What up, what up, what up? It's in the demographic I identify. They're connected to our president. I think a ignorant voter and a non voter are one in the same. Who does that? Under, Under his watch. His watch. What know has something, he done bro. about police reform in this country? Nothing. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Unsolicited Genius. I am your curator, Carlton Ennis, and I am with Atlanta's traffic guru, Mo Lothby, and the <laughs> poet. Follow his Instagram and you'll know it, Craig Lindo. On today's show, we will talk about eliminating the Constitution, the best coach in the history of the NFL, and the power of the dog's bark. We hope to give you something to ponder. What up, what up, fellas? What's going on? What up, man? How are you? All good, all good. Good seeing you this weekend, Mo. Always seeing a the wife, seeing the kid, hanging out with the fellas. It was, it was humbling to have you in our modest home, my brother. <laughs> Modest, my ASS, but I'll let you say it on camera. I'll let you say that on camera. What's going on with you, Lino, Lindo? Man, I can't complain. Yo, like I keep saying, I got sky. I'm between sky and earth and ain't touching dirt. That's a good thing. All right. Well, before we jump in our headlines, what is on your brother's mind? Most. Well, right now, currently, as we speak, fantasy football. <laughs> that's fair that's fair it's the crunch time, it's the crunch time. If you see me with my eyes up it's because i'm just watching the game out the corner of my eyes praying alvin Kamara doesn't get five points oh so if he gets more than five you done if he gets five i'm out i'm done i'm in big trouble you, you want me to get, yeah yeah in big trouble. <laughs> yeah a little big bit big i won trip. i won my game it was over early yesterday so the the giants I haven't been stressed it. about it when they tied it's not a loss i was at least able to watch the rest of the games last night so jimmy g jimmy i told you i told you i didn't i wasn't risking injury i didn't think he would get hurt but y'all super bowl's chances tied to jimmy garoppolo was the question mark and i'm sorry though that's both your quarterbacks hurt. But uh, what's your boy named Purdy? Purdy? What, what's his name? Purdy? 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 Brock Purdy? Nah, Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant. Brock, Brock Purdy, if you are listening tonight, just listen to me, Brock Purdy. Mr. Brock Purdy. All you have to do is don't fuck it up. Just get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Don't turn over the ball. Don't try to be a hero. Just don't fuck it up. And we might be all right with you, Brock Purdy. Are you telling him I'm to telling. see the blueprint from the Dallas Cowboys backup quarterback? No. We're going to need him to be better than that because he's our full-time starter now. What I'm telling him is let us play defense. Let's run the ball. And when we need you to step up, make a couple of big throws here and there. But don't go out there thinking like you're Joe Montana or some shit. 
Dog, I got to go look back at some Iowa tape on YouTube to see what this boy is about. I was thinking about it, but it's it's not even Iowa. It's Iowa State, first and foremost. Put some respect on Brock Purdy, all right? <laughs> he went to Iowa State. He oh. went to Iowa State. Uh, you, you cutting for your QB, T.O. I hear you. I mean, I hear you. All right, I'll go ahead. Tell me That's the my quarterback. Tell me the That's mascot of each school. <laughs> I don't even believe, like, it's not about Brock Purdy. It's that the 49ers have a lot of weapons around him. Shanahan can scheme up these plays. Dog, he let, Brock Purdy, go, he let Brock Purdy go out there and threw 37 times. He did. To beat he the did. Dolphins' ass, Craig. I thought that did. was telling. To I beat the Dolphins' ass. Very, very, very telling. And I, I, learned, I, re, I learned one thing and I realized the other. No, wait, did I say that right? Either way, one, because <laughs> either way, it's like I learned, right? Like, okay, but one, it's testimony to the value of game prep and having game tape on somebody. A big part of the reason why Purdy went out there in eight is because ain't no tape on him and there was no prep for him. Like, that defense, yo, 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 it looked a special kind of clueless. It's that clueless when, all right, all right. Uh, See, I, like, I'm not a believer in the Dolphins' defense. I think that's the Dolphins' weakness. It is, but it looked even more disorganized or even worse. After the, the shocking part to me about yesterday's game wasn't the Dolphins' defense. It was, it was Tua looked shook. Tua looked shook for a good portion of Tua that. Tua looked like Tua. You know, he but looked like the, the Tua. He looked shook. Since, name it. Huh? That's the first real. I mean, it's the best defense since name it on the schedule. It's the best defense, Buffalo. But Buffalo, exactly. He like I get it. He's undefeated when he started and finished the game. Look, he was. He's been facing one of those. You well, know, he didn't finish this game either. It wasn't an SEC schedule. You know what I mean? It, it was I mean, it. I think that two was good, it. man. Like you said, you know, you know, they're my team in full. And, and that was what you brought to two about it. But you know, the Niners defense is no joke, man. It's gonna be a long nah. day when you play the Niners defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No debate. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and two is not Patrick Mahomes, it's gonna be a long he day. He is not. He is not. Okay, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes can I, can lost can I yesterday. A so. immigrant anecdote. I mean, the Niners in the late. 80s early 90s during that little roger craig run like as a little immigrant dude trying to figure out who my team was going to be hmm. during that little era just because his name was roger craig it was like okay it's destiny let me cheer for these guys that's what like, i'm saying I, i've never I heard no shit about football all the time I i've never heard anyone describe that shit as the roger craig era <laughs> yeah to somebody it was because all right all CRM. right gentlemen we've completely got carlton sidetracked all right gentlemen let's hop into show. these these headlines. i'm proud of myself so hot off the press hot ish off the presses i guess it came out over the weekend Trump, Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump wants to get rid of the U.S. United States Constitution, the thing that governs us, that we base <laughs> our government off of. He wants to get rid of that so there will not be any barriers to him being able to assume 
the office of the president that was stolen by him. So open to whatever reactions you all have, but my, my question is, where are the United States patriots? Craig? Can we define patriot first or no? You have at it, because I think that's part of it, right? But what share your thoughts? But so you want me to ask the question, where are the patriots? Yeah. They're sitting back knowing they don't have to do much because legally speaking, he's spiraling in a negative direction. You okay, don't have so... to be loud. Strategically, it doesn't necessarily benefit you to be loud and obnoxious at this point because the numerous things that are going on to try and undermine him and take him down legally are working out favorably at this point in time. So you're saying that, okay, so you're saying that the patriots of this country, the people who believe in, defend physically, mentally, emotionally, the the, the Constitution. rights of our, our constitution, the rights of our country, except our democracy. That's what I was looking for. So those people who are for our democracy, those patriots, you say in this instance, they're sitting home silent, waiting and watching. Well, I say that for a couple of reasons. One, if they weren't silent, Carlton, you wouldn't be asking this question. Touche. Touche. Right? Touché. And then on the flip side, I'm just in my... The information that I'm getting from the zeitgeist, the matrix, whatever you want to call it, it seems to be that in the American legal system, he is not winning right now, even though he has a history of being the actual Teflon Don, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, But so many of those cases are currently not working in his favor. And some of them undermine his intention, wish, desire to be president again. So as a result, I don't have to go stand on soapboxes and do tours if I'm a patriot just to respond to this request made by this man. And and I'd like to add to that, why does this request surprise anybody? It caught me off guard. You know, I got it. it Anybody that facilitated a coup does not give a Friday Clearly. About the Constitution. Clearly. Clear. I, I, I would agree with that statement. Zero surprise. To and, him, and yet I was I was shocked. I didn't I I didn't expect that. Mo legally what, what, it's the only thing that could save is rum. <laughs> Mo, what are your thoughts? I mean, Trump talking about getting rid of the Constitution, it's not even worthy of comment. Is this such a stupid thing to just say because it's not based in any kind of reality one this is just not going to happen the other part about it man is it's like you know i keep saying this till i'm blue in the face but trump is about trump trump is not about america trump is not about poor white people trump mm-hmm. is definitely not about black people or gay people trump is not even about other white people trump is about trump and his ego and his narcissism so it's easy for him to say something like that because 
he thinks he's above the constitution. <laughs> so why it shouldn't be shocking to hear him say something like that in my opinion this is a man that's very envious of dictators around the world and the way they run their regimes the patriot thing carlton man like that's the pro the problem in this country is how patriotism is defined i'm glad craig said how do you define patriotism because that's the problem people think like like if you fly the american flag outside of your house or you stand for the pledge of allegiance or you stand for the national anthem or like on the 4th of July, you got your little American paper plates and your little American flag napkins. You bring all that shit out. And, and yeah. you're like, USA. And you're like, I, I'm, I'm an effing patriot, man. Look at me. Look at me. I even got the button-down shirt with the American flag, right? I have one. I got one of those. That's not, a, that's not patriotism. That's being a fan of your country. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing True. wrong with that. True. There's nothing wrong, but that's not patriotism. I'll give uh, you an even though of, that goes against the flag code, but that's another conversation. Well, give you an flag. example of like, well, it's yep. decorative. It's not the whole, you know, it's not the stars. It's it, it's it red, white, and blue. It's oh. red, white, and blue. It is it's it's festive. Don't hate on my shirt. I wore it on the podcast. Go ahead, Mo. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mo. No, you're good. You're good. I'll give you a patriot that no one associates with patriotism. Malcolm X. Malcolm X is the patriot. Who? Because Malcolm X, he saw oh, yeah. an injustice in this country. He spoke out against that injustice. He was willing to risk his life to try to turn that injustice into an equality for a people that he saw were underserved. That's that's a patriot in this country to me. People might, might, might I add that, something to that? In his arguments, discussions, and debates, he was fundamentally sound in basing his the premise of his arguments on on the constitution he was he was skilled at keeping it he was skilled at citing i should say the constitution in his logic i think that's a better way to phrase it. the constitution as a document is not the problem it's the it, it's how it's enforced that's the problem that was part of his argument yeah it's how it's <laughs> enforced it's how it's interpreted you know martin luther king is a patriot people that fought to make America a more equal, a more equitable place for all of its citizens. These are the people that are real patriots. And what and what did they get for their patriotism? They were some of the most hated people in this country. They died for their patriotism. So let's not confuse what being a fan of our country is and what true patriotism is in this country, in my opinion. That's fair. You had something, Craig, to add to that? No. Yeah, and, and the reason I asked the Patriot question is because just what you described, and, and I think you've said it well, Trump has fans, and his fans fly flags. His fans say USA. His fans wear this hat that says make America great again. But in, in my mind, if you are a patriot the foundation in that is our constitution not to say that it doesn't have issues not to say that it isn't doesn't have opportunity in itself no entity no person place a thing is perfect but your guy your 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 leader is saying he wants to do away with the thing that's foundational to our country 
and his fans that claim patriotism as I've not seen his fans haven't said wait a minute his fans haven't said we can't do that his fans continue to be his fans and and hang their wave their flags based on his rhetoric Carlton, you're shocked about the Constitution. His fans ran up on the Capitol and attacked it. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked that they still support him. I'm shocked that he's, I'm telling he, you, these he people said are the it biggest, outside of his mouth. These people are the biggest damn hypocrites in the history of the world because they'll tell you about how much yeah. they care about law and order and law enforcement and the police. But when they didn't get their way, when a fair election was held and their guy didn't win, they went to assaulting the Capitol Police and threatening people's lives like a bunch of hooligans and thugs. Yo, so these people can't be trusted. These are people <laughs> that I'm telling you, man, like think about, I'll give you another example, man. They tell you law and order, right? We hate criminals, wife right. beaters, and deadbeat dads. We can't stand them. Blah, blah, blah. And then they run Herschel Walker as a Herschel senator. Walker. Herschel so, Walker. That's the fact that you, your word choice there in regards to fandom, I love that. Because it tell it, it, it summarizes a few things. I don't have references before the 80s because I was born in 78. So I'm going to use Reagan as the reference, even though you were born strategy when? or tool, huh? You were born when? 1978. In the words of Kevin Hart, damn! <laughs> there you go. You're not that I'm far classic behind. and finally aged, my brother. Still behind. That being said, still behind. I'm not that far behind. But I'm still behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlton's that, that, before 78. No, nah, I'm not before 78. I'm after Carlton, 78. Carlton's closer to the end of the 60s. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> In my soul, yeah, I have an old soul, but my my mind and body are not what you say. Go no, ahead, Craig. I apologize. Go ahead, Craig. The uh, the whole Reagan thing, the ex movie star getting into office thing, that showed America something. I got here in the mid '80s, so I I witnessed it and observed it and absorbed it differently, but I think it did show something to those who are choosing the, the representatives for each party. I think it lets you know how much fandom can go. Like he had the fan base, nothing near, nothing near political experience, right? And there's been other- Yeah, but I believe, I believe then. Craig, actually that Reagan was governor of California before he became the president of the United States. So he did, I believe, have some political experience before his before president, but, but, but his background was in Hollywood. Hollywood. So, okay, he, he took it a step farther than Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, whatever. I stand corrected on that respect. Oops. Right? I, I, I was never actually sure how to pronounce that, and I don't apologize. You got cool. um, We know way, who you're talking about. E e either way, it told us something, that if some somebody with a fan base can go far because... <laughs> In the, in the realm of the intellectually lazy that I've brought up before, right? It's, it's simpler to just go with the person you're a fan of 
you think he's a good guy. He represents good things. He's being endorsed. But you Craig, know, people aren't voting for Herschel Walker because party. they're fans so, of him. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let him, let him close it out. <clears throat> in that election, an election since, we've seen where presidential election and others, I think fandom overweighs reason. Before even looking into, like, I, I listen to these people talk about their candidates and it's like they're talking about their favorite rapper. No, I like him because he don't give a fuck. Nothing about his platform. I like him because he is fitting in some kind of boxer category. And you like that boxer category or you like the fact that he is defiant of that boxing category. So now you're voting for him. Your logic or your reasoning behind your support has nothing to do with how this person will, one, uphold the Constitution, and two, improve the lives of the citizens of the United States of America. All right, what you was gonna say, Mo? People aren't voting for Herschel Walker because of fandom. People are voting for Herschel Walker because they hold party lines. Or because they believe but this person will, will follow the party line when he's elected and hold to their values or ideals. Carlton and I learned, you know, why somebody would vote for Herschel Walker this weekend and ideals and values were at the top share of with this. Because even though they agree I wasn't that specifically Walker, shooting at him, but share with me. Like, uh, even though he goes against the ideals of, for example, no abortion because he's paid a woman to have an abortion before, the person still voted for Herschel Walker because they believe the Republican Party will uphold the ideal of no abortion, which they feel strongly about. Mm -hmm. So what I'm telling you is that's why people predominantly like, like what I'm telling you, Craig, is like people like you, me, Carlton, right? If, if the Republican Party presented us with a candidate that we thought would be ben beneficial to our community or to people that look like us, we would vote for that person. We would vote for them if we thought that they would do something like that. Unfortunately, the Republican Party doesn't present us with candidates like that too often. So we're stuck. <laughs> we're like, and I feel like, you know, what's shitty for black people or people of color in this country is you, you kind of always feel like you're just kind of picking between the lesser of two evils. You don't feel mm -hmm. like you're picking because one of them is really truly for you. You're just picking the side that you think will be the least shit. worst. <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but the least resistance to resistant to equality. So that's a good that's that's better than the least worse. Yeah. So, the least resistant to equality. You know, I, I could dig the, that. The, the, the real crappy part about being a person of color in this country when you go to vote in these elections. But people no, nah, if if we put people to a lie detector test, right? And we were like, do you think Herschel Walker is truly a good candidate for senator? Anyone that says yes, you and I both know is about to get electrocuted. Because no <laughs> one could possibly believe this man is a good candidate for, for politics. Like, that's insane. Like, like, Craig was talking about Ronald Reagan, right? At least Ronald Reagan was governor of something before he became president. That's one. Two, like, you know, he's not my favorite guy in the world. I'm not going to lie to you, but... If there was like an intelligence contest between Ronald Reagan and Herschel Walker, I think Ronald Reagan got this pretty easily. 
pretty easily. Herschel Walker has no business being a lawmaker in the United States of America or any country in God's green earth, Carlton. Vampires okay, so, of vampire werewolves. What the hell is he talking about? Like, like what is he talking about? What did he choose? So, he chose vampire, right? I don't know, I but I do know. Vampire. I do know he was sitting in between Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz talking about this erection was important for the people. And it's like Lindsey. Lindsey Carlton, when I tell you Lindsey Graham was excited when he heard erection. <laughs> what, you had something? Yeah. So, yeah, like, those guys are examples, but I'm not, I don't want to just call out the Republican Party. Like, the De Democratic Party has done it, too, where, look, an, a candidate was introduced based on some kind of novelty. And Shoot. I respect Craig, look the, at the bullshit they tried view. to do in Florida. However, as far as down here in Florida... I deal with people all the time where I and I and I, I said two episodes ago that I think that people that vote exclusively along party lines, that's ignorant voting. Right? I mean, like it's also especially lazy, especially for me. So I agree with you on the party lines thing, but I'm not denying too. that there is a population out there that exists that they're just picking like they pick their favorite rapper their favorite rock group their favorite restaurant i'm living amongst these people i talk to them you know what i'm saying they but just see, for the republican us. party in this little run craig i think what they realized because you know you remember they were expecting this big red wave what what they learned the hard way was like you at least have to put like Some a decently talk. quality candidate out there for people to choose because look at georgia like you can't Kemp destroyed Stacey Abrams in the election for governor, but there were Republicans that voted for Kemp that couldn't stomach the idea of voting for Walker. So they ended up voting for Warnock. So, mm -hmm. you know, quality of candidates still, at least we saw in this election, somewhat matters. Somewhat and again, still matters. I, I, I pointed that out before, but, I'm, but I am telling you, like as I pointed out before, candidate quality is an issue. I've, okay, so besides the candidate quality that the parties are putting both forth, parties. I'm talking about both parties are putting forth. Yes, clear on that. Listening to the population that have voting rights speak, when they articulate themselves, the logic and the reasoning, there is a portion of the population where their logic and their reasoning, they're picking politicians like they're picking their favorite song from an album. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, That's I think, I, I, I mean. But I think most people when they well. go to the ballot are like, I'm a Republican. I'm voting Republican down this ballot no matter what. Because there are those two. There are other people that are politically savvy that don't think Herschel Walker is a good candidate that are Republicans that are going to still vote Republican because they're worried about the numbers in the Senate. There they are exist. other Republicans that just can't stomach the idea of voting for this guy because they think he's a bad person. So, you know, I don't think he's going to win this runoff, but I also think it's crazy that we're here at a runoff, you know, if you understand. I, I, I think, I oh, think any, no. any, any voting... Any, Another reason to end Florida man jokes. Any segment of voters <laughs> can be broken down by all sorts of 
cognitive dynamics. To Craig's point, I do think Trump in particular is who we all see. I think locally, statewide, et cetera, there'll be you know other scenarios. But Trump has several fans, uninformed voters who vote because they're his fans. You talk about some of the other races, Obert. They said the criticism behind her was she was more concerned with her celebrity, with her fan base, with her social media presence, than it was actually solving the issues of her community. So it's a mix, you know, the most, you know, the highest percentage, et cetera, you know, that's, you know, we're not scientists, at least not political scientists. So though that information is out there. But I think, you know, you both are making two valid points, one and about the discipline or or the the cognitive dissonance. Uh, yeah. And the yeah, misguided the, loyalty the, to a party. Voting man. down party lines or voting to say you love people, but then you vote clearly for people who don't share that same perspective and or you vote just because the person gets you hyped. All or, of that is mixed in there. Or you're Miss like, I'm pro-life, but I'm anti-welfare, anti-food stamp, anti-equal educational opportunity. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that part. Doc, I watched a show, Carlton, where they were interviewing a couple, right? It was an older white couple. And they had health problems. And this is like when, when it was Trump against Hillary, right? And they have health problems, right, Doc? And the guy goes, Obamacare has saved me and my wife's life because without it, we wouldn't be able to afford health insurance. So the reporter goes, so, oh, so you're going to vote for Hillary because she's going to keep Obamacare versus Trump who wants to get rid of it. The guy goes, no, 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 I'm still voting for Trump. But the guy goes, you just said Obamacare saved your life. Trump said he's going to get rid of Obamacare. Why would you vote for Trump still? The guy goes, I'm a staunch Republican. I'll always <laughs> hold the party line. Even yeah. if it costs you your life, dumbass, you'll yeah. still vote Republican yeah. even if your life's on the line? Like, so, I'm not voting Democrat if my That's like the, the racist saying he ain't going to take blood from a black dude. Well, let, let me ask this question. Let me, so ask, let me get so you positive. Let me get you all perspective I'm a staunch on Republican. No, you're not. You're a fool. S so we, you you brought up Malcolm X earlier, and there's okay. you know of his talk speeches. There's some audio footage, audio clip of him saying that really we're not a country of two political parties, Republican Democrats. We're a country of ideologies, liberals and conservatives. And so when we see and and both both ideologies have means of exuding their control over minorities. He said Black specifically, I think, but fast forward to 2022, over Black, Brown, all, over, all the minorities. And so from the aspect of ideology versus party, what is you all's perspective on what we see unfolding in front of us. I just find, I, I find it hard to believe that anybody could be like to the far right on everything 
or anybody can be to the far left on everything. I'm sure like you have things that you're conservative on Carlton that, and you have other things that you're much more liberal on just like myself. So it's not, it, it stopped being about ideology though, Carlton. And it's become more dangerous because it's become more so about winning. And I told you so. Instead of like, I don't know, man. I don't feel like in politics now, it's about the greater good anymore. It's about winning. And then when you win, get the people, I mean, at least on the Republican side. The Republicans to me are cutthroat for their people, which I could see why they would admire that. You know what I'm saying? So like they win, they try to go get their people exactly what they told them they were going to get and damn anybody else or who they crush on their path to doing this. You know, the Democrats, the Democrats make a lot of promises that they seem to just brutally not deliver on Carlton, <laughs> brutally not deliver on for people. And in, in a lot of ways, I don't feel like they have the gumption for the fight in the way that the Republicans do. But, you know, both parties have their ideologies and these ideologies have changed in the parties throughout time. But I don't see how, like, that's the problem though, like Carlton, you become ingrained, entrenched in that ideology and you leave no space for thoughts that differ from that ideology. Right. So you become not, you become closed-minded to any ideas or any thought of compromise. That's the problem right what now. What say you, Craig? There is no compromise. This, how do I see the parties now? Is that where I'm going with this? Just well, to be the question so, I'm so, you know, we talk Republican, Democrat, or at least that's how we vote, mm -hmm. right? We vote Republican, Democrat. But in his, in his message, in his speak, speech, Malcolm X talked about that's just smoke and mirrors. What we really have are those that define themselves as liberals or align with the ideology of being a liberal and those that align with the ideology of being a conservative. And the reason I bring it up is, you know, for me, I only feel like, you know, in the last give or take 10, 15 years of my life was I fully aware of the ideology. And so to hear Malcolm X speak about it during his lifetime, which you talk, which was decades ago, it was just interesting to know that the same dynamics that unfold before us today were the same ones from an ideology perspective that he was recognizing as being an issue amongst, at least in, in, in what he was fighting for and speaking to for Black people. And when I, for me, when I see conservative, liberal, somebody asks me who I am, what I am, I'm neither. I'm, I'm registered one way, so I, I tend to vote in a particular pattern. But as Mo said, if something makes sense, I will for sure go in a different direction. But conservative, liberal, those are just opinions and perspectives from where I sit. But they conduct themselves, they, they dictate, influence lawmaking under these ideologies that aren't predicated on constitutional principle. And so my, my question, I bring it up to just hear you all's perspective on 
the difference between our party lines in comparison to these ideological lines? I think the party lines are overdue for an evolution. I think there's, I mean, you know, that overlap before it all got conflated, left and liberal, there was some separation with some overlap, but it wasn't all the same thing, but they united under a banner and uh, right and conservative, right? So what we have now is what on the surface is a two-party system. But to bring in a cliche, a bird got two wings and you can make the argument it's two wings of the same bird. You can make a legitimate argument for that. I think part of the evolution might be opening it up to quote unquote other parties or eliminate the party system, modify the party system in some way because they, the, the parties as constructed no longer represent enough of a majority of their side to effectively govern their side. That's a perspective. That's a perspective. All right, well, I'm gonna leave it there. We're gonna leave it there, take a break and be right back. This is Unsolicited Genius Live. Good afternoon, good night. And it will be so sweet, America. It will be so sweet. And all that heartache is connected to our presence. You got to see the monster to be able to destroy the monster. He took the military out before he took the civilians. Who does that? Under his watch. His watch. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius. What in the sports is going on? A lot to talk about from the weekend or since we were last together. You know, let's go ahead and hop in on primetime. So we got primetime in Colorado. When we talked at length about him on this show and him and his impact in the HBCU, Jackson State, the value that he brought, et cetera, et cetera. What are you all's reactions to him? taking a job at Colorado. Start with you, Mo. Congratulations. That's it? Happy That's all you got? I'm happy for any no, the, the, the The people that are criticizing him talking about, I thought he was swag. I thought, well, any coach in the swag, or as any coach should, if you get a better opportunity to move up in your profession, you should take the opportunity. So I don't one of the coaches just said he wasn't swag, right? They had a whole little he yeah, wasn't yeah, swag yeah, yeah. campaign, but that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. The announcer of his own home game. So to me, I don't fault him for taking this position at the University of Colorado. I think he'll excel, man. Like Dion has a charisma about him. There is something about him that he has that it, he controls a room when he walks into a room without even saying a word. So I think he'll be able to recruit well to Colorado. <laughs> he was getting five and four stars to go to Jackson State and Jackson, Mississippi. 
on facilities that are inferior to the facilities that he's about to have at Colorado. So I see him doing well at Colorado, man. I don't know how long it'll take, but I do see him doing well. I think he'll excel there. And I'm excited to see it, man. I'm real excited to see what he's about to do there. What say you, Lindo? He's just set himself up for a really nice little run. I'm having a brain fart at the moment, but I do remember that the top two teams in that conference are leaving in the next three years. He's going to be bringing in, I expect that he'll be bringing in tier one recruits and pretty much dominating the conference to himself until he gets to bowl games and or maybe even makes a, clay, a case to get into that playoff. Well, I don't think he'll um, be dominating the conference himself because USC, I think it'll be him. He could be possibly them in USC. Yeah. Are, are, are they, they're not one of the ones scheduled to leave. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to remain. Oh, remember it's two powerhouse right, teams. Scheduled when is to leave. that? You're absolutely right. Pig. When it's is over that the next 2025. 2025. 2025. Yeah. yeah. He's got to set so, a winning support then. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's setting himself up to eat big in one of those top heavy conferences. I won't list the rest of the top heavy. They're trash after the second team conferences in college football. I, I don't want to get into that right now, but I think he could bring recruits out there, train them up for the NFL, sit atop of a weak conference probably and, and probably make some really good runs and, you know I think I love the tape that I saw of his introduction to his new team yeah that was live he walked into the room looked at all the boys and said hey go ahead hit the transfer portal straight up and he's just really testing who got the metal who got the grit to want to stay around and compete for their spot and Whatever what I see what he's doing. It takes a it takes some mess to go ahead and walk into a room with your team a team for the first time. That man used the phrase, you could go ahead and leave. I'm bringing my own luggage. What? <laughs> I loved his I like introduction it. to his team. It was braggadocious, arrogant, and swagger swaggerific and confident and all kind of adjectives that may or may not make sense. Yeah, I, I like the suit. I thought the suit was super fly. I, you know, nothing really add to anything either of you said. Definitely not mad at him for doing it. In fact, I too am excited to see, you know, what happens. The people of Boulder, Colorado are excited to see what happens. But I also think he left a, a, a blueprint, HBCUs and, and others to realize that it can be done. Yes, he's charismatic. Yeah, he comes with a certain amount of style power, but with the right effort and aligned with the right intentions, HBCUs can still continue to benefit from what he showed could be done. So, you know, and I don't know, I haven't read a whole lot about, I haven't read the comments about his transition, but I think anybody who keeps up with the sport knows that this was inevitable, whether it was this year, next year, or whenever. You know, he wasn't going to stay at Jack. He wasn't going to retire a coach at Jackson State. So the opportunity came. Now, I don't, I will, you know, I don't, you know, I ain't got no love for Florida State, but I, the, when they talked about him going there, that would have been exciting to see. But they're doing well, the coach doing well. So I'm sure that opportunity didn't exist. And so he got what he wanted. And so now let's see how it play out. All right. So another headline for us as Gators, 
Anthony Richardson is declaring for the NFL draft. When I, as our season progressed, I was very surprised to hear the amount of football talking heads mention him when it came to the draft, when it came to ranking of quarterbacks. I think I've heard him as, as, as high as four or five if the draft were to have happened at a, you know, a different point in the season. I did not see him that way. I thought he has athleticism and arm, but the nuance to the game and some of those more critical, critical, I don't say critical thinking, I ain't going to say the brother slow, but when it comes to decision-making on the field, I felt like he needed another year of, of SEC University of Florida football so he could get better at that. So uh, the talk of him going, I thought was crazy talk, but what do I know? What say you, Craig? I think he was all, I think he was going to get out of here this year, no matter what. I'm not totally surprised. I kind of had that. I kind of thought that was going to happen after I saw Kitna play earlier this season. But however, a couple of days before this declaration, Kitna got in trouble with the law. So now it's questionable that he's going to come back and this guy's leaving because I feel like they were setting up. I, I might even mention this. I feel like, you know, this year and last year and this year, last year and this year was, hey, let me rattle this exciting distraction out here for you while I get set up. And I feel like they were setting up behind the scenes to start their actual run with Kitna. That's that's how I kind of looked at it. But now he's out of there too. The advantage to that is I do think they could, that it's not too late to go compete for some stud five-star quarterback that could come in and play right away. All right. What you say, Mo? I mean, if I'm him, I go to the draft too. Like you bank, he's going to get picked but someone's going to fall in love with this physical trait. So might as well get paid while you're trying to master your craft. But the point you made is right. Like he's, like he's got all the physical tools in the world. The problem here is he doesn't have the football IQ to be successful. Like that's the problem. It just, nah, like the guy could be three yards away from him, wide open by himself. He's going to throw the ball at 300 miles per hour and put a hole in his chest. <laughs> Like, he just has yeah, no idea yeah, how yeah, to yeah. play the game, in my opinion. That's one. Two, the other thing is, like, to me, when you watch him run, for example, it just doesn't seem like he, like, loves the game to me. Like, he's just a big kid that's fast, that's, that's got a rocket arm, and he just goes out there and kind of plays it because he's supposed to. It's not because he's out there because he yeah. loves to compete. So he's playing because he can do it. Yeah, just because he can do it. So... You know, good for him. He'll start collecting some paychecks. So I wish him nothing but the best, man. But, you know, I don't think this is some big loss for Florida or anything. I definitely don't think they were setting it up to let Kitna take over. I feel like at one point that's what it looked like. No, the quarterback he's going to get is not even going to be, to me, a freshman. He's going to get somebody out this transfer portal that has That would be nice. Yeah. But Kitna looked like he was spinning it and reading the plays with with high proficiency in the little in the snaps that he got. So I did like that. I felt like they were kind of just setting it up. Hey, look, let us finish setting up our O line, put this kid behind it, and he was gonna slang it all over the field. But like I said, uh, I kind of feel like that plans out the window now anyway. And 
a transport portal would, would be great, right? But do you think that Napier has that kind of transport portal charisma? We've done well through the transfer portal in a out. couple other positions. I don't think it's a hard sell to tell a kid that's probably in the transfer portal because he's not playing. You you want a really good shot to be the starting quarterback at the University of Florida? I don't think that's going to be a problem. How do you the feel about our receivers? Portal, dog, it's because you're not playing. How do you feel about our receivers? Dog, I feel the whole team's talent level is subpar. He needs to recruit much at a much higher clip than what Dan Mullen is doing. Look at the team uh, like you're competing with. Look at the teams you're I like competing with. Backs. Georgia, Alabama. Like, I like our running back too, but I'm talking about the whole team, the O-line, the receivers, the DBs, the yeah, D-line, yeah, the yeah, linebackers. Yeah, yeah. Every position needs an upgrade. Well, and, and, yeah, 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 and one of the running backs you, you said you like is a freshman. Etienne is a freshman. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah, one yeah. is from the transfer portal, Johnson. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So how how do you feel about? Well, I got two questions. First, how do you feel about recruiting a three, coaching him up to a four? Do you even believe in that? I believe you're talking about the Gators recruiting a no, three and about being like able to coach. Philosophy. In, in believe, general, so I believe know, coaching philosophy, recruit uh, recruiting a three. a three star and grooming him up to be more. Do I or believe you could get a, a, a three-star and turn him into a four? Absolutely. But why don't you just get the four-star? What if get the five-star? What if the other teams in your comp- conference For are me, getting those? I mean, you got to step up your game if you want to compete. Talent talent trumps all. Me and Carlton used to get into this debate all the time about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I would tell him that Bill Belichick Segway. is great and he is critical. And he is critical for the Patriots' success. But more critical to the Patriots' success is Tom Brady. Because what Tom Brady does under pressure, under duress, he has to execute. He doesn't just have to come up with the game plan. He has to execute the plan. The the talent is going to win out. Phil Jackson's a great. Michael Jordan is a great talent. Kobe Bryant is a great talent. Shaq is a great talent. If Phil Jackson doesn't have that talent, He's not going to win at the level that he won at. The talent got to have ingredients to cook. The talent supersedes the coaching. The talent supersedes the coaching. So, so go ahead. No, that just it's just that simple. So, like you need to. Have so players. you talk. You not you bring up. Bel- You're not going to go out there and, and beat Alabama with some three star that you coached up to be a four star because Nick Saban has a five star. That he's coached up to beat your ass. <laughs> that he's coached up to be a number one draft pick. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and some, a first round draft pick in some, some cliches, some cliches have some validity. One, especially in team sports, it is possible. I've been a part of the synergy for the team to operate at a sum that that uh, operate at a level that is greater than the sum of their parts. They're multiplying two by two by two by two by two whenever when everybody's adding and that chemistry so so that's why and in general i avoid blanket statements but that's why i would say like yo chemistry matters and some you know i wouldn't totally dismiss oh, coaching and that what they about talent dog but for example i'll give you an example craig chemistry does matter in team sports but 
when a less talented team that has great chemistry runs up on a team with greater talent and the same chemistry, that less talented team is going to lose. That the less talented team is going to lose because talent with work ethic and chemistry and all this, these things, that's where a coach comes into play, right? The chemistry, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have talent, it doesn't matter how great your chemistry is. You're not going to, you could win. You're just not going to win at the highest level. The, the chemistry of the quote unquote lesser talented group is the foundation of the idea of any given Sunday. See upsets from last night, right? Like, you know, sometimes you could have this, what other people call transcendental, transitional, trans whatever talent and or talents on the same roster. And they take an L to a bunch of guys that there might be one on the whole roster that's going to get another contract. Yes, but, that, but what I'm telling you is you might see the Brooklyn Nets lose to a less talented team in one round of the playoffs, but that less talented team is not going to win the championship. You can't win a championship unless you have championship-level talent. No debate, but you know what? Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs piss Vegas off daily. I know, but the well, underdogs, underdogs don't win championships. They win games. Like you're absolutely well, right, Doc. Any given well, Sunday, but underdogs. It's not that they never win, win championships. championships. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean. Well, oh, I mean the Giants. But the Patriots. Patriots. Let's not get off the thing. The, 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 the Giants the, beat the Patriots totally for Super Bowls. That's as, an underdog, yes. Yeah. But the majority of the time, it's not. Like it's not an underdog team that's winning the championship. It's a team that you. I'm not debating that. I, 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 and that's getting far away from my point. I just want to make. I just. I don't want to dismiss coaching totally. No, well, I'm not just, I think I didn't to, dismiss coaching. Carlton knows I'm not to your coaching. to your point, Craig. And we'll come back to the Belichick thing. Belichick thing because I got questions, Segway. but comments and questions. But I think specific I got to the Gators. Too. I think specific to the Gators. Yeah, can a player be coached up? Yes. Is chemistry relevant? Yes, all of the above. And I don't know at after this season, technically it's not over, but with what we've seen, I don't know that Napier can do that. I'm not saying that he can't, but I also don't know that he can. So to to for AR gone, for Kitner to be in trouble. He's going this, he got, he's got to prove it. He's, this is, this is his window to prove it. And granted, like everything Mo said, all the positions need to upgrade, maybe not running back, but they got a block for him or it don't matter. But not only does he have to upgrade everything. Now he also has to go, has to get a quarterback. So, you know, we're going to see. Uh, you, what you say, you had something else, Mo? Even when you say the Giants, though, like they beat the Patriots. Yeah, the Giants were an underdog. But, dog, they had phenomenal talent on the team. That's why they yeah, were we able did. to beat the Patriots. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. Strahan and Usi and Jason Pierre Paul. E, you can't spell elite Tucker. without Eli. You had they Eli. Had you had Classico. You had all of these, like, amazing football players. 
that came together at the right time and they were able to pull off the upset, but they wouldn't have been able to pull off the upset if they had the Detroit Lions talent. <laughs> Momentary chemistry versus consistency chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, you know, football is that sport that allows you to do to on any given Sunday, any team could win. So even during the Super Bowl, the team that might be the, the lesser talented team could still win. The breaks could go their way that day. Anything could happen in football. It's it's a lot less likely to me in a sport like basketball because it's a best of seven. In a best of seven, the best team is gonna win. I agree. That's why when somebody right. talking that ish, I'll, I'll be like, yo, best of three or best of five. So you could be a one trick pony in a one on one with me on the on the court, but like like best of like three, if best the Giants five, played that's a science experiment. Patriots, that's trials. If the Giants played those Patriots teams in a best of seven, I think the Giants win one, maybe two, but they won when it counted the most. That's all they that won when it counted the most. All right, so we talked Bell and Tech, Patriots, et cetera, et cetera. So I you disagree know, it, with that, it, dog. It, 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 what, what are you saying? Are you talking about when they had the quote unquote NASCAR D line? Dog, the Patriots Yo. were 19 and 0 one of the times they beat them. 19 and 0. The Giants were 9 and bruh, 7. 19, that's not the same team. Bruh, bruh. That D line 18 and 0. They finished 18 and 18 and 0. I'm sorry. 18 and 1. The Giants that, were like 9 and 7 limping into the playoffs. No, if we're talking about the Giants with that quote unquote, like I think the, the name they gave it was a NASCAR line or something like that. Craig, yeah. they had seven losses that year. And yeah. was in the Super Bowl. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Seven times they lost. Because they made the playoffs as a wild card. They won all the games on the road. Yeah. I don't know. I got to get that because Dallas, cause going Green back to what Bay. you said about talent, I think that might be an example of where the coaching failed them. They got to the Super Bowl even though they were failed. No, the coaching didn't Who was fail. Failed? That was great coaching. Dog, Who, that who was, was failed? Talent? He's talking about the Giants they lost seven by games? Tom Coughlin's coaching. Doc, yeah, Tom I mean, Coughlin it... took them boys on the road for three games on the road, took their bitch ass, and took them to the Super Bowl. Oh, and why then you they got to add them? Don't be mad. Then they oh, because the 49ers got beat that year, too. What, what I'm trying to say was, is yeah, I think that was, in a best of seven, Buddy fumbled that punt return. when your line play is like that and you get into series play, I think they'd win. You, so you're saying that in the best of seven, that Giants team would have got more than one win against the because Patriots. No, the reason, the, why, the reason why the reason why the Giants wouldn't win is because at the most important position, they wouldn't be as consistent as the Patriots. Don't be hating on Eli. We I'm not hating on so Eli. My question, Eli. The question, though, coming back, Belichick, right? So before Brady left the Patriots, they were the greatest team, great, great Brady, the best quarterback ever, Belichick, the best coach ever. Mo is right. He didn't represent our discussion 100% accurate, but I did say Belichick over Brady for a long time, which Brady won another one. He did that, and, not, and Belichick maybe almost looked like they were on – and upside, but the team we see today, no. 
So is he the greatest coach, one of the greatest coaches, or without Brady, we just take him off the list? And to me, I still give him the greatest coach, man. He's got a lot of Super Bowls. It's not easy to do. Not crazy. Okay. This is me being Captain Semantics, but the greatest, mm, most accomplished, greatest. Mm, You'd have to tell me who's greater. I put Andy before him. Andy Reid? Yeah. No, man. That's based on what? Based I on consider what? Andy. Hey, I, I might. I look, cause here's. A, I'm not saying right, wrong. I, you know, success I'm, I'm in different just locations, curious. different quarterbacks overcome. Like, see, cause here's the thing. He, and like I said, and like yeah, Andy's done it. Different locations, different quarterbacks found success over a long stretch of time. Has adopted to. He's shown me. Okay. I can't say this about Bill defensively. Defensively, I can say uh, Bill has adopted to his players like a coach should adopt to your talent. Offensively, I think that's one of the things that the before and after Tom Brady has exposed is that minus the particular specific niche talent at quarterback, you can't adopt to shit at quarterback, right? So I feel like Andy, for example, I don't know if he, I put him as the great test, but for example, it's shown more as far as what definition of coach is. Now, I don't know. I'm good with that. Like, yeah, yeah, Bill, you had that pair up. All right. Now, if I look at your record and the stats before Tom and after Tom, that tells me that you benefited from an outlier in your life. <laughs> that's crazy man the outlier is six super bowls that would be the outlier no the outlier is tom exactly but what i'm saying is andy reed didn't go out there and win games with scrubs at quarterback he won games with donovan mcnab and michael vick and patrick mahomes he's doing it with already that list is longer than bill's list but you, you don't fault him because he stayed in one place with one guy for so long. That's not his problem. Like, he didn't leave his situation. Andy Reid left Philadelphia because Andy Reid got fired. Did, Andy Reid Did you think won, that firing was Andy Reid has one Super Bowl. It was Bowl. time for a change. Bill Belichick okay. has six. One of Bill Belichick's Super Bowls came by beating Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. There's no way... You You're could right. justify saying Andy Reid is better than Bill Belichick other than just, like, because you just want to. Like, they're not I, even... I, I do, I do dig your criteria, Craig, because as I'm downgrading Bill, you know, I don't know where I'm at greatest or not anymore with him. I, I need to... I'll revisit at the end of the season. But I, the criteria... The thought? Can uh, we stop nominating people for GOAT? before they're retired can they be retired and then we, we entire we we evaluate the body of their work and no, then probably not start no like Aaron probably not like Aaron, otherwise like Aaron that, Donald's already it, the greatest defensive the tackle circus ever circus lemonade Aaron Donald's no. already the greatest defensive tackle ever you can't say that 
No, I won't. That's why my stand. If, if, end he, your career. if he never played again, he's already mm-hmm. that. Nobody gets the G word from you until your career is over. But that's well, what I'm I mean, saying. That's that's that's, that's 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 been. I'm You asked the question: Can we get that's away from it collectively? Line. Probably not. But if you don't want to name a goat while they still active, that's fine. Nah. Because I think again, I think you still part got of it. To fuck it up. I think part of it is if they <laughs> retire today. You're you're right. They got plenty of time to mess it up, and Belichick is clearly on a path. But the question often comes up was if that person retired today, what would it be? And if Aaron Donald retired today, that's the answer to the question. What, what, what if, and if, if he retired Smith. today and he's the goat? What could he do by playing more yeah. years that would make you change your mind on that stance? He is what he is. He is what he is. He's the GOAT D-tackle. If and if was a spliff. But I'm telling you, he is. (laughs) Not if. He is. All right. Well, we'll take a break. We'll we'll (laughs) leave it at that. He ain't even on my ballot. Take a break, and we'll be right back with our ifs. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius. Are you entertained? What have you gentlemen been watching? Craig? I'm still on, as far as series, the peripherals, nothing particularly special. Musically, Public Enemy. It's like a collection of, I guess, I like Portalina Greatest Hits of Power to the People and the Beats. Public Enemy, I've been kind of on that vibe, but that's just like the last two days here before that I was all over the place lo-fi beats and whatever so that's that's where I'm at right now man I, I don't I don't really have one thing what you been watching Mo? football a that's lot it. of football <laughs> yeah that's man it. I guess much. I should have said that I take that for granted Pretty much. How do you feel about the, how do you, watching a lot of football, how do you feel about the college football playoff outcome? It's, they got it right. They damn sure they got, got it right. right. As I told you, they would, Carlton. Did I not tell you this? Who you see I just, I'm just, I'm just asking. I would just like asking. to thank the college football playoff committee. I believe they would put TCU as the fourth seed over Alabama, and they did. And that won me two steak, digger, steak dinners at Fuego de Chao. So the person that lost that bet, you know who you are. I appreciate you, my brother. I can't wait to have you pay for my steaks. Damn, can I come? I might use one of them on you, dog. I have three from this person right now. So I could bring both of you and he would have to pay for all of us. So thank you, College Football Playoff Committee, man. They did the right thing. Who you see in the final two? Georgia. And against Michigan and Georgia wins it all again. 
Is there a part of you yeah. that's rooting for Harbaugh? There's a part of me that's rooting for anybody but Georgia. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm cheering for everybody. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing. Well, I'm not cheering for Ohio State. I'm what I'm hearing for, is I academically for you're Georgia, but like in your heart, you want Michigan. My favorite. Say that one more time, Kurt. The team that I like the most out of all four of these teams would be Michigan. Okay. No, uh, what, the like, like you know, as in, I, like I as in cheering for, or like TCU as in winning. You win it, yes, but I doubt it. Yeah, right. that's my Call question because I would like TCU to win if they could, I just, but I mean, I would think Georgia got it. Okay, who's, who's and, the fourth team? TCU or Georgia? Get, I wanted to get your academic pick and your emotional pick because my emotional pick might not necessarily match my academic pick. My academic pick is Georgia. Mm -hmm. My emotional pick, however, I kind of want to see Harbaugh, but you know, the underdog story really lies with TCU. But who's the four seed, TCU or, or, or Ohio State? Ohio State. Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah, I think like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that game because I think Ohio State, if they bring their A game, could give them a run for their money. I, mm -hmm. And I am going for Ohio State, dog. There's no way I'm going for Georgia. I can't stand Georgia. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a conundrum in my life, for me. I'm cheering for those Buckeyes. Yeah, I got to um, see how I play out once they get on the field because on paper, I don't want either one of them to win. But even like Georgia LSU, I felt like that same way and found myself cheering for LSU, even though it was for like a split second. So I got to let it get on the field and then I can make a decision. Homie. So no matter who Homie. wins Ohio State, Georgia, I'm cheering for Michigan T or TSU in the final. Hey, yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Bruh. Right, well, Bruh. Ohio? I'm going for Ohio State over Georgia for sure. I can't. I I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't go for Ohio State. Oh, I hate Georgia. I Bet can't between, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather cheer to keep the SEC strong. And maybe this is me. Listen to this. I don't voting care. along party lines, right? No, See, <laughs> SEC I don't guy. Care about that. <laughs> there's no part but, of me that wants to watch Georgia win the national team. Nah, and there's no part of me that respects Ohio State, who I look at as one of the three schools that get unnecessary. I just don't believe in that in that shit, man. Inflation. Like, like they get like all sorts of fan to me favoritism and bullshit in their favor. Man, I don't want to hear. Like I just see Ohio State, especially because their history within like Syracuse within sports journalism and journalism in general, they're like the Dallas Cowboys. of They get gassed for no reason. No. Destroy them. No, I'm not going. <laughs> All right, well, time out. We, this, we did sports, so we, we, we killing the sports. Oh, I just bad. wanted to know what Mo was watching. So my entry for what I've been watching is mate, I – happened to catch on my travels to and from Atlanta, Matrix Resurrection. The movie in and of itself, did either, before I get into it, did either of y'all see that? Matrix Resurrection? I have Resurrections? no desire. I see all okay. things Matrix. Well, okay, so <laughs> Mo, you know, it's. I'm not saying you gotta run and see it, but you know, in terms of quality of the movie, you know, Rotten Tomatoes will take care of that. I think for me, it just reminded me of the content, concept, cons makeup 
themes rather of the series of the movie and what you know the whole message was about that unplugging so it reminded me of that and it has some other you know good food for thought some little nuggets that i that i'm carrying forward but i i tried to watch it last year and kept falling asleep but it wasn't as bad as i thought but you know it, it has some some nuggets to take note of what are if you had comments I tried to watch it last year but i kept falling asleep <laughs> it's not a review it's not a review i gave i say rotten tomatoes got the review i'm just telling it's you not my, my experience favorite of the with matrix it. trilogy but I, Craig, I, I i love the matrix i enjoy the matrix ask him if it reminds him to take his blue pill I don't oh, wait what i don't think <laughs> So that is not that is not my dilemma. Blue pill. He's like, I'll take no blue pill. Go purple, I don't take, take blue, both. purple. I don't do blue, purple, white. Uh, that ain't. Dog, my are you gonna be sad when if that day ever comes? Every man will be sad if that day be, comes. I think I'd be devastated. But, I'd definitely call you. <laughs> well, I, mean, I that's one of the best pieces of advice that I got recently. I'd be so devastated. Out uh, this is older gentleman we were at the same spot at the same time we start having conversation and before he departed he said the best if i could give you one piece of advice he said appreciate your erection because when it's gone <laughs> it's gone and yeah they have methods and techniques and medicine to bring it back but he said, that's not you that they bring back. It's a completely different. It's like being in the shell of yourself. So he said, when you wake up, when you got it, however it come about, just be appreciative. Gratitude to talk about last week. Just be thankful because when it's gone, it's gone. Other comments? It's a, it's, a no, no. it's a hell of a public all right well what y'all been God listening damn, to that sounds that sounds terrifying <laughs> it is i mean you see it's a billion dollar industry you got the commercials the man who came up with viagra he got a house on star oh, island and uh, on south beach no. um yeah it's 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 terrible and man it would be, it, it would be harder for the podcast to take a darker turn in my opinion oh my god Nah, it's friend. not dark. It's just reality. Every look, morning, look. <laughs> never again. Did you mean like, to use sucks. harder? Did you eat, do that on purpose? <laughs> is that, eat, is that where we're sleep, going? <laughs> that was happening. Take what care happened? of yourself. How did we Get end your up mind, here? Find your mind body balance. There's a lot of things that you can do. It don't have to be scary. It's just realizing that there is a path that a lot of men be on. And so what the gentleman said to me is wherever you at with it today, at this snapshot in time, make sure you appreciate what you got. Cause when it's gone, it's gone. That's a life lesson. Mm -hmm. That's a life lesson. Hey, hey, oh man, I, I might mess up the actual quote and mind up paraphrasing, but one of my favorite scenes or one of the most hilarious scenes to me I don't even know how funny it was intended to be. Was Morris Chestnut in Best Man? He drops to his knees on the ground, essentially grabs his crotch, look down. It's like you know, it's like what have you done? Like that kind of, like yeah, or like yeah, that that's kind of what been, I'm thinking. Yeah, 
You got to interact, talk to you. Got to talk. You love your body, man. Talk to yourself. Figure it out. Me All right, what y'all been listening often. to? <laughs> what y'all been listening to? Nineties R and B. Oh, how's that going? Anybody jump out? Who you who 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 you vibing with the most? Currently vibing, man. I love these girls when I was a kid, man. I had such a crush on them, dog. TLC. Currently just going yeah. through the TLC catalog. You know, when no one's looking, just in the car singing Red Light Special. I saw it. I saw it when you woke <laughs> me up. I ain't say nothing. You know, just a little I solo. didn't want to sound judgmental. <laughs> I mean, you know. I didn't want to sound judgmental. Know, I didn't play that with you in the car. I just, you know. Nah, you did. But, but yeah, man, just say. some 90s R&B. Just some shit right. from my youth. How about you, Craig? What you been listening to? Oh, I think I spoiled that earlier. I've been, I've, <clears throat> last day and a half two days, a little bit of public enemy but before that i was all over the place mm, okay you did say what 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 would the public enemy what any any minders reconnections anything i got a letter from the you? government the other day i opened and read it it said they were suckers they wanted me for the army or whatever picture me giving a damn i said never I mean, I'll, it's it's different stuff. Like I, you know, like wearing, I really. He's been wearing also, a clock around his neck, Carlton. <laughs> Craig. I yeah, up boy. You had a clock. Yeah, I did. You got a clock yeah. from the flea market. I yeah, I did. One eight third. Yeah, boy. I had a fight the power T-shirt. I didn't have no clock though. Yeah, I tried the clock thing. It didn't last long. Shit was too heavy. Ah, <laughs> I tried yeah. it though. Yeah, I, I tried I it. You. I admit I was more influenced and I probably more influenceable in certain ways than yeah, probably. When Parme came out, I had the polka dots. You know what I'm saying? When Big Daddy hair dyed his curb, when Big Daddy came dyed, dyed his part blonde, I I did it. I tried, you know what I'm saying? Like. It is, it is. Yo, 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 my, 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 my boys from NYC talk about baggy black jeans, knapsack and the beeper. I think that's Buckshot Shorty and them ducked down that whole clip, bootcamp click. And when, when they just made that little baggy black jeans, knapsack and my beeper, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Let's buy more black jeans. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, imitation of greatest form of flattery. That's cool. So I've been listening to y'all boy then. Well, been listening. I I I spent some time with DMX. It's dark and hell is hot. And you know, as much as I, I would listen to him and feel the energy, this time I just sat and had my headphones on and just listened to his skill, listened to his lyrics. And man, you know, as much as he had the bark and as much as he had the fire, the energy in his his whole being, brother could rap, man. And you know, you talk about the book bag and baggy pants. I he was he's that rapper where you know the cats be in the hall on the corner, somebody do a beat on the table, and somebody just starts spitting that fire. I felt like that that. The way he raps, it felt like that was his origin. And, and then the, his storytelling, his connection to, you know, a higher power in his rhymes and just the consciousness that he was able to bring in that first album, man. And then to turn around and have a second one that was just as successful, you know, rest in You've peace. You've been eating long minutes, enough but, now. But the dog, the dog has some bark and the dog has some skill.
Uh, All right. Well, what y'all been reading? What y'all been reading? Readings for smart people. I don't read. You say that every time, but you read stuff. So what have your I, eyes I like, been on? My, my reading so random. Like I haven't. I haven't that, that. You're here to teach. You're here to share what you have. So I do Audible and, and Mo read articles. So everybody don't have no traditional route. So share okay. with the people. Don't, don't be selfish. That That said... I've been in the, I've been, I've been, I've been down to like different little philosophical notes. Like, I guess it's a reference back to a, something I read back in the day called the Kabbalion written by the three initiates that triggered me doing research down another hole about, you know, just identity or origin of God. And it led to some debates and some group chats, like even do you assign a gender to God? It is common to refer to refer to God as him, but there's some of us that don't do that. And what mm-hmm. you, you know, that led to that debate. So, I mean, I, I, I say I'm not reading anything because it's hard for me to just pick up on one thing is because I'm, I'm going from sources and multiple sources and that kind of thing. So it's, it's not like I'm in a consistent, consistently reading a book, you know what I mean? And it's, it's seeking mostly, knowledge. It's I seeking am. knowledge. That's seeking knowledge. That's what books for knowledge, right? And, and entertainment, but you seeking knowledge, so that's all. And the identity of God and how that and and uh, origins have resurfaced in recent conversations, both in public and in group chat, in in my day to day movement. So it, it's forced. It's put me in a position to be reading and studying. I'll be honest with you. If I won the lottery this week, within a year, I'd probably be in somebody's research institution with a guitar and a dog studying theology and philosophy and these kind of things so uh, i mean there i'm at all right we'll hit them numbers you gotta play to win right once again you know what we're studying at school is the american revolution so that is what any new insight any new insight to share focusing on on the french and you know, it's like, it's interesting. And, you know, me and my kids were talking about this. The foundation of this country is protest. They didn't like the tea tax, so they protested. They threw the tea off the harbor. They had other issues, the intolerable act, so they had the Boston Massacre. They had all kinds of forms of protest to show their displeasure with the king to get their freedom from the king. And they were successful in attaining their freedom. But the minute, you know, they got their freedom, they went right away to infringing on other people's freedom for their benefit and putting them in a fucked up situation, which led them to tremendous wealth. And, you know, it's like, it's like earlier at the beginning of the show, Carl, that I was telling you what annoys me about certain people in this country is their hypocrisy. But the more I learn about our history and the foundation of this country is the whole shit is built on hypocrisy. It's built on, it's not okay for you, but it's okay for us. Like even today, I was watching the secretary of state talk about the protests in Iran, right? And he was chiding the Iranian government for how they're handling the protesters and their treatment of the protesters. But 
shit, how are they handling the black protesters during the George Floyd? Were they encouraging? Was Joe Biden and his secretary of state, were they encouraging those protests or were they condemning those protests? So if it's happening in Iran, shame on the government for stopping it. If it's happening in, uh, in America, shame on the people for daring to engage in such activity. So, you know, just, just a little... Good old American hypocrisy, dog. Yeah, it's an interesting thing how much hypocrisy exists, yet here we are still, it, 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 number one in whatever category, maybe not, but still the most powerful country on the planet, influential country on the planet. But the hypocrisy in, in, in our history and in our behavior is definitely real. All right. Well, I've been reading The Influencer. It is a, well, The Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change is the full title. And it's by a, com a conglomerate of people, Carrie Patterson, Joseph Granny, David Maxfield, Ron McMillan, and Al Swift. They are the camp of scientists, researchers, subject matter experts that created the, I don't even the book, but more of a movement called Crucial Conversations. That was actually something I did in my professional space, whole company organizations adopt this method to be able to improve the interaction and dialogue between people in the workplace. Got plenty of personal application, but specifically to the influencer, they get into how do you as a leader, as a person, influence change in the people among you, in your life, in your household, in your personal, professional space, et cetera. And so I'm, I'm in early chapters, but it's one that I've had for a while. So I'm glad that I'm finally diving into it. And so for those who are curious, when you want to create sustainable change and you want to do so as a leader, authors suggest three things. One, compelling and measurable goals. Two, identify the vital behaviors that will create those change. And they have, they call it six sources, but ultimately hone in on what it is to influence. What areas are you influencing? How do you influence? But you can't be an influencer and not have a compelling goal. You can't achieve your goal without identifying the vital behaviors that align with the achievement of said goal. So so far, so good. Good book. I'll report back once I get through it. But for our listeners, if you're looking for some insight on how to lead change, check out The Influencer. And we'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius. Before we get out of here, we want to remind you all to like, subscribe, and follow. We're on YouTube. You're watching us right now on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed, subscribe so you can get all of our alerts and share. We're on Instagram, like our stuff, follow us, Twitter, all the places and spaces. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. If you got things you want us to talk about, 
we take suggestions as well. Special thank you to our sponsors, Legacy Wear, your legacy awaits, www.legacywearwearus.com. Megacore CBD, Broad Spectrum Hemp Derived CBD, the way nature intended. You can find them at www.megacorecbd as in david.com. And last but not least, our rainwater, hydrate and elevate. You can find more out about them at www.aura.rainwater.com. Anything for the people, Brother Craig, before we say, Good night. Be love, give love, do all things with love. Be safe out there. So for Thoughts of Genius today, what I wanted to dive into was, you know, in all of our fussing and fighting, what is it that we really want? What what do you want? What is it that you hope to gain out of this discussion, out of this relationship? out of this experience. So not just the fussing and fighting, but what do you want out of life? And can you get clear on that? And so what I offer to the unsolicited genius listeners is a methodology that I apply in my coaching practice that might help you out. So when asked or when pondering this desire, be clear, I want fill in the blank, right? Then the next question to ask yourself or another, why? Why do you want fill in the blank? Come up with an answer. The next question is, why is that important? So you want fill in the blank for the reason you gave your why you want fill in the blank. So why is that why important? And then when you get that answer, why is that important? And when you get that answer, why is that important? So if you keep drilling down to the importance of your whys, you're going to get to a core principle. You're going to get to a core value. You're going to get to a core desire that aligns with who you are. And so after you've gone down that list and you got to that core you will have an opportunity to ask yourself, do your actions, do your behavior patterns, do the relationships in your life, does your environment, do these things align with your desired objective and core purpose? If not, the exercise highlights that for you, creates an awareness, now you have an opportunity to adjust. Or instead of getting into, instead of the ongoing cycle of fussing and fighting, about the high level wants, the high level desires, you now have clarity on what it is you're doing it for. So, and realize you owe nobody an explanation on your core value, on your core systems, on your core desires. But with that knowledge, you're empowered to go forward and not get knocked off your square simply because somebody disagrees with you because you're not doing it for them. You're wanting this, you're doing this, you're being this because it's aligned with the core desire that you have. And I'm willing to use myself as an example in this case. I want the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl. Why? Because I'm happy 
when the New York Giants win the Super Bowl. They've done it before. I want them to do it again. Why is it important to, why is that important to me? I like being happy. Why is that important? I like liking where I am and what I'm doing. Why is that important? Because if I'm going to be doing it, I want to enjoy it. Why is that important? Because what I do is align with my purpose in life. And so wherever I am, however I'm being, I want to be in a good space. Why is that important? Because when I'm in a good space, I do good work and experience good outcomes, right? So I want the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl, simply put, because it feel good. And when I feel good, I do good. So give me my ship. And on that, this has been another episode of Unsolicited Genius. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. We'll catch y'all next time. You are listening to Unsolicited Genius.